tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. It's your daily dose of Donna. Welcome to the show. Today is Monday, October 23rd, and my voice is struggling. It's struggling, but I am here because we've got some such good stuff to talk about today. How was your weekend? I hope you guys all had a fantastic weekend. Just a reminder, if you're new here, thank you so much for subscribing and liking this video. Uh, we're getting close to 12,700 YouTube subscriber subscribers, which is so crazy considering I just started on YouTube a few months ago. And slowly, slowly, you guys are really, really uh, growing the community. Thank you so much again for joining the Facebook group and the comments and uh, reviews on the Apple podcast app and Spotify. I've grown according to, um, I have someone shout out Scott who is, uh, you know, helping me out with the podcast. And he said that I've grown, I think, what was the exact percentage on Spotify? 21% Spotify growth over the last 30 days. So that's super, super exciting. I see all your comments. Thank you guys so much for being here. We have so much fun things to talk about. I had a great weekend. I went away to, um, well, I'll call it a family weekend, but what it's called is Shabbaton. So um, the school that I'm in is a, uh, the school that my kids are in is a Jewish school. And so they invite, you know, first come, first serve a bunch of families to come over to uh, this local beautiful camp where uh, we were able to spend time with our family, spend time with each other. The kids dance. There's like an adult party after the kids go to bed, quote unquote. It's super just free for the kids to run around and play activities, rock climbing, um, horseback riding, and all kinds of things. It was so much fun just to be away from social media. And I have to be honest, like, especially after these last couple of weeks, it has been such a challenging time for so many of us in this world right now. And I love just like unplugging and I for real, for real unplugged. It was so wonderful. It was so needed. And to spend time with um, other families and kids that my kids like and see how they play together and like just be a fly on the wall and watch them perform and stuff. And then of course, um, I got to spend time with my, my mom and my stepdad yesterday, last night. It was, uh, really lovely to spend some family time together since my mom's mom, my grandma, remember she passed away last week. So it was really just a great weekend all in all. Um, and I hope you guys had an amazing weekend too. Yes, I did switch up my camera angle in case anyone's wondering because I am going to attempt. Now, this will be funny to watch. I'm going to attempt to wallpaper this wall. 
this will be an interesting thing for someone that is so not a DIY person. Like I am not a crafty person. I am the worst when it, with interior design, but I've always had this like setup on the side, but I switched it up. I switched it up. Now I've got a little corner vibe. Those of you that are sick of my rainbow, it's still here saying hello, but we'll see how it goes. Um, you guys, we have so many good news stories today. Let's get into them. Let's start with some pop culture hot topics. All right. Shannon Bedore. Shannon Bedore from Real Houses of OC. Remember, she is the one that got that D, uh, DUI a few months ago, a couple months ago now. And she's been very silent about it. Thank you so much for the super sticker, Jody. Um, and she, she's been super silent. We haven't heard anything really about her, except she did come online. I believe it was this last week, maybe the week before, in a very, very mild way to say, I can't really say anything. I just wanted to say hi. She looks great. She looks healthy. Then she also posted that she's with her daughter who came home from college. She seems like all in all, she seems good, but we don't know anything specifically because she is scheduled to appear in court on October 30th. So that's next Monday. That's the day before Halloween. And um, and we'll see what happens. I think once she appears in court, we'll find out the exact charges, et cetera. I did get some interesting um, info from one of my Patreon subscribers who said that she, her parents were involved in a very similar experience like this where um, a drunk boat driver so like they lived off, they live off a river or a lake and there was a guy who was driving a boat hammered and I believe there were people in the boat as well. I don't know the story so much about what happened with the boat, but he crashed into their property and they had to also be very, very silent because, um, because they had to, um, they had to go through some sort of lawsuit, most likely from what this person said. And you guys can tell me if you know, if you know law lawsuits around this stuff, most likely they're going to have to, she's going to be very financially responsible for the home that she crashed into and God knows what else. Um, which I mean, the damage itself looked pretty substantial, but it can't be more than like, I can't imagine more than, you know, 10 or $20,000, but I'm interested to see what happens for her. And I hope she's on the men. She is definitely still doing Trace Amigos. I know they're selling out shows, I believe in November um, in Phoenix, I think I saw over the weekend. So we'll have to see what's going on with that. I can't wait to hear more from her. I think we all are very interested to know what is going on with Shannon Bedore. And also we haven't really seen John Jansen. And I'm curious if you guys have seen John Jansen because John Jansen He's, you know, in my in the Daily Dose of Donna world, and a lot of you guys recognize this and agreed, John Jansen is the problem. It's me. Hi, I'm the problem. It's me, right? John Jansen is the one that had, he was the issue, I think, not the sole issue, but I don't think he helped the situation. So I have not seen John Jansen. We'll hopefully never see him again, I agree, or at least not see him with Shannon, right? But I have a feeling that they're, they have a little bit of a Vicky Brooks relationship, which is like, I just can't quit you which is also maybe a little bit of a Janelle and Cody relationship from Sister Wives, but we'll get there later. Um, okay, a couple other things. Teddy Mellencamp ran a 10K yesterday for charity, and she invited her friends Kyle Richards and Morgan Wade. So as you guys know, Kyle Richards has been having this um, rumored relationship with Morgan Wade. I got a little tea. I'll be sharing a little bit because it's very specific, and I will be outing certain 
um, people who were part of this story. Like if I say it out loud right now, they'll know. So I have to save that kind of stuff for Patreon. But there's, you know, my, my inclination has been since I reported on this back in July or maybe even June, no, July, July, my situation or my opinion, it's my opinion. My opinion is that Morgan Wade and Kyle Richards have been together for months and months and months and months and months. Not because I personally was hanging out with them and seeing them make out. It's because of the amount of people who I really trust who told me that they had, you know, confident sources that this was true. A lot of you guys thought I was crazy. A lot of you guys thought I was totally making this up, that this is insane. They're just friends. She's a sponsor. Um, maybe Kyle's her mother. I mean, like the stories were crazy, but 100% they are together. If you guys don't believe me, okay. I don't know what else what else to tell you. I don't know what else to tell you. But they spent a lot of time together this weekend. So Kyle Richards and Morgan Wade were both in Los Angeles together. Morgan Wade performed at the Greek Theater on Friday night and lots of people in attendance. Kathy Hilton, who had posted earlier on Morgan Wade's Instagram saying, I can't wait to see you at the Greek tonight. I mean, have we ever seen Kathy Hilton support Mauricio? Ever? Like never, never, right? Kathy Hilton, um, Jen Leeper, which is one of Kyle Richards' best friends, a couple other people that I couldn't really recognize. And was Kim Richards there? I don't even remember if Kim was there. But also, this I thought was really interesting. Kyle's daughters, two of Kyle's daughters, Sophia and Alexia, were in the audience singing along to every single word of Morgan Wade. If this is not a relationship, then I don't know what the hell it is. I've never seen anyone spend so much time together. I've never seen anyone spend, you know, so much like energy together. If they are not in a relationship and they know that this is the rumor, no one goes out of their way to spend so much time with a friend when this is a rumored relationship and it's not true. I mean, come on. Now they're doing 10Ks together. These two are fully together. They were at, um, I forget where, was it Brentwood Country Mart or Malibu Country Mart, a local really like kind of pretty outdoor market. Um, they call it a market, but it's like a stores, shopping, whatever. Uh, on Friday, I mean... She's, they spend so much time together. It's weird. Like I don't spend any time. I don't spend this much time with anyone in my life. Not even Lance. I swear. They travel around to be with each other at all times. So, okay. Okay. So when are we going to find out? Are we going to find out on Wednesday night when she's at Watch What Happens Live? I doubt it. Are we going to find out at the season finale? I don't know. We'll have to see. Meanwhile, Mauricio is still kicking. He's still over on, um, on, uh, Dancing with the Stars. We'll have to see him this week. I don't know how we can top him as Mickey Mouse Fantasia Wizard from last week, but we'll we'll have to see. I'm going back to Dancing with the Stars on November 21st. So November 21st, that's the week of Thanksgiving, I want to say. Um, yeah, I'm going to take my son Dylan with me and we're going to go. It's, I, sh I can't, I probably can't. I don't know if it's out there, like what the theme is that week, but I really hope that Mauricio is still in the show. So we got to all keep on voting for Mauricio so that I can get more one-on-one -on -one time with him and his tongue. Absolutely. You guys know. You guys know the drill. 
All right. You guys remember when I went into my Scientology deep dive a few weeks ago and I had A.A. Ron from Growing Up in Scientology, the YouTube channel on my show. I am obsessed with him. I love him. He's one of my many boyfriends that he doesn't know, but he is. And I see all your comments, by the way, and I thank you guys. Um, Danny Masterson has officially, in, in the most not shocking news of the history of America, Danny Masterson has officially given up custody of his daughter because he's serving 30 years for rape and amongst other crimes in jail. Why is this even a thought? Like, I'm so interested how this works in the legal system. How do you give up custody when you're in jail? How do you not even like, how are you even allowed to have custody when you're in jail? Like come and spend every other Wednesday with me or Wednesday nights and every other weekend with me over here in, in prison. Daughter, I'm so confused by this. Does anyone know? Are any attorneys in the in the live chat or anything? Because this is so, I, I couldn't even believe that this was a story. It should be like a given. Like if you get jail time during that time, you shouldn't have custody of your kid. Found it real, real interesting. Like so confused by that. Okay, let's... Uh, Interesting. Okay. So Debbie just said, I just had a page six notification that Mauricio was holding hands with his dancing partner, Emma. And if you guys were part of my Patreon uh, last week on my Wednesday episode, which I give you guys extra, you know, usually a little bit more salacious stuff that you guys, I can't say here. Those two are absolutely a hundred percent, absolutely a hundred percent hanging out. They're very touchy. Very touchy for a couple that's just dancing, right? And by the way, if I were on Dancing with the Stars and I was newly separated and my ex-husband was like gallivanting around town, every town with the person that they're in a room and a relationship with, you bet your ass I would be like hooking up with my hot dance partner who's also newly single. So Mauricio should be more than welcome to go and do his thing. Don't you guys agree? Like go Mauricio. Take that tongue and use it for good. Okay. So a couple of, a couple of comments about Scientology. Uh, Wendy says you can make the other parent enforce the custody agreement so they'd have to bring the kids to prison on visitation days. It's rare, but people do it. Okay. Well, at least he was nice enough to say, don't, don't force our daughter to like struggle and have to see us behind the scenes every single, you know, week or here in jail. Like it's nice for the kid that they see their parent, but at what point does it become like almost more traumatic to have to see your parent in those conditions, you know? I don't really know. Okay, let's move on. Another story. I told you guys so many stories came out of the weekend. Britney Spears, you know, her book is coming out tomorrow. Who has ordered it on Audible? I have. Probably by midnight tonight, it will be downloaded into my phone, so I'll start listening to it tomorrow. But something else that popped out today was this notebook audition. So 21 years ago, when they were casting for The Notebook, which ended up being, of course, uh, Rachel McAdams and Ryan Gosling, they had already had Ryan Gosling attached and Britney Spears auditioned for The Notebook. And she says that she was very, very close to getting the role and it was down to her and Rachel. Um, here's my thought. So I'm a former casting director. You guys know this if you've been listening to the show and watching auditions was my job. And so I watched her audition and a lot of the comments and in, in the people who are, um, who are watching like, okay, my, my friend face reality 16, Eliza, she posted the audition and a lot of the comments are like, oh my God, she's so good. This is so sad. She could have gotten it. She should have gotten it. I, I will tell you this. 
Britney Spears is an incredible entertainer, at least was. Okay, let's go back 21 years ago, okay? It was an incredible entertainer. Like, she knew how to perform. She knew how to dance. She knew how to sing. She knew how to, like, you know, get a crowd going. Act? Just because you're able to cry, in my opinion, I am uh, IMO, right? Just because you're able to cry does not make you a good actor. And the immediate moment that I watched this audition, it's it's something in the eyes. So like a lot of people always ask me, Donna, when you were a casting director, how are you able to kind of know who's good or bad? And it's an unexplainable, or I should say inexplainable, what's the word? Inexplainable experience. When you're watching someone audition, are they playing a role? Or are they the role? And Britney Spears, if you go and watch this audition, Britney Spears is playing the role decent, fine. And yes, she cries, but there is not one part of me that believes that Britney Spears is the role. And I would say this a hundred percent, even before watching The Notebook with Rachel McAdams. You know, there's a lot of people out there that watch The Notebook every year. Like they know all the lines and everything. I'm not one of those. I've watched it probably three times in my entire life, which is not a lot, you know? So I don't have some crazy, crazy obsession with that movie. I mean, talk about True Beverly Hills or Dirty Dancing, sure, but not that movie. And so I truly don't believe that just like you can, you should immediately connect to someone or think they're amazing at what they are or honest or genuine because of the tears. Great comment. Wendy says, just like Sabin, Robin, Sabin Robin, who can cry on demand. Literally, that doesn't mean that they're genuinely in the moment. So I truly don't believe um, that Britney Spears should have gotten the role. And I'm glad that casting directors or producers, whoever decided to make the final call with Rachel McAdams, I'm so glad that they did that because I believe that Rachel McAdams was perfect for The Notebook. And it, it, it actually gave me a little bit of happiness to see this because a lot of the reason why I stopped casting was when influencers and celebrities started to become very famous on social media. And a lot of people were a lot of producers were pushing us to insert influencers that had a lot of followers in roles instead of the better actor. And like that is always hard, right? When you're casting a role and you know that this girl has the best, she's she encom- like encompasses that role. She embodies that role. She's the best actress for that role. But then another girl comes in who's not nearly as good, who's not nearly as like authentic for that role, but she has, you know, 700,000 followers on Instagram. So let's give it to her. That's always really frustrating for a casting director. And I do believe you can tell when you watch scripted content who got the role because of their, who they are versus who got the role because of who, how good they are. Does that make sense? So I love how you guys totally agree with Dirty Dancing being the next, the best movie. What a thrill. Beverly Hills, what a thrill from True Beverly Hills. I like that movie, every single line of that movie I could quote. It's one of the best movies. Nobody puts Donna in a corner, baby. Nobody puts me in a corner. Although a lot of you guys do on Reddit. I just read over the weekend, but whatever. It's okay. I'll get over it. Speaking of True Beverly Hills, let's move on over. Did you guys remember that in True Beverly Hills is the Tory Spelling? Tory Spelling is in True Beverly Hills. And Tory Spelling has now openly rented a new furnished home in Woodland Hills. Forget this. $18,000 a month. A rental for 18 
$1,000 a month. I own a home and my mortgage is a fraction of $18,000. $18,000 a month. But you were just in an RV, but you were just in a, a you know, $100 a night motel. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much, Wendy. I miss the days when real actors got roles versus thirsty social media people. I love you, Donna. I love you, Wendy. Thank you. That is so kind. Um, can you believe that? You guys, can you believe that? So what's going on here? Did Candy's finally say like, you're embarrassing me. I am paying for this rental. Or does Tori have all this money this whole time and she's just been like trying to get press by staying in a $100 a night motel? You guys, the motel that Tori Spelling stayed at, you I couldn't touch it like with my kids. I mean, I would beg to sleep on a friend's couch before staying in one of those grimy, grimy LA motels. So confused by it. Like so confused by that kind of behavior from her. What do you think it is, you guys? What is it? Do we think that she actually, you know, had a uh, a money problem and now she's getting some help by b- with friends? Or do you think that it was all just ploys for press when she was going through the separation with De- Dean? Do you think that she was hoping that something would happen where Dean would have to pay more or like for public opinion? I'm so confused by this girl. She's so confusing to me. And all I know is that when I'll go back to when Josh Flagg was a guest on um, – Jeff Lewis a couple of weeks ago, and he said, have you seen Tori? And he goes, mm, we've texted. Tori is, Tori is Tori, which makes me think she's like one of those girls. You know, one of those girls, it's like always drama. I have a feeling Tori Spelling is always drama, but did you guys know that she was in True Beverly Hills? Tori Spelling was in a lot of my movies growing up. Um, and then the final little hot topic before we get into a Roni and sister wives conversation is I can't not touch on Travis and Taylor, Travis and Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey. So I will say one good thing. Thank goodness that the Kansas City City Chiefs are still winning. They're 4-0 in the Taylor Swift era, meaning four games that he's been with Taylor Swift. I think three of those games she was actually at the game and they have won each game. Had they not won the game, people will start blaming Taylor. I don't know how this is working out for her, but it really is working out for her because she is like a little bit of a good luck charm, I think, for Taylor, for Travis now. And I'm sure Kansas City is loving every moment of it. Now, a couple confusing things were happening. She did, she was in a suite last night, not with Donna Kelsey, from what I saw. Um, I know I'm sick of Taylor and Travis too, but I just have to touch on a couple of things, Michelle. I'm with you. Not She was not with Donna Kelsey. She was not with her normal crew. She was with the Mahomes crew. So that's Jackson Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes' brother, who's problematic, and Patrick Mahomes' wife, Brittany Mahomes, who's also a little bit of a problematic one. Now, she and Brittany pulled off some really embarrassing-looking, strange uh, handshake. A little butt kick, a little hand signal, whatever. It was giving high school. It was giving, you know... Um, homecoming queen cheerleading. It was giving the hoco dance, and it wasn't giving. It wasn't giving off a thirty-some-year-old woman supporting her boyfriend. So I'm just a little confused by it. 
I'm this close at being concerned that we are we're all up to here with Taylor Swift. Now, I will say Dylan did go see the Taylor Swift. My son did go see the Taylor Swift Eras Tour movie last night. I said, what was the best part about it? Or yesterday during the afternoon, I said, what was the best part about it? And he goes, the best part of it was the movie. The worst part of it is that it's over. So very cute. I get it. When I went to the Eras Tour, I became a Swifty. I get it. Okay, now for why you guys really showed up. Well, maybe not. Maybe you showed up for all of it. And thank you so many of you guys here for the live feed. 260 of you guys here. So if unless in case you're listening on the audio and you're like, what is this party that Donna hangs out with these people on YouTube? You gotta come on in here. Gotta come on and join. Listen to the audio though. And for any of you guys that are here on YouTube, make sure that you're also subscribed to Daily Dose of Donna because you know, Mama Donna needs the listens. We need to up ourselves in those charts. I got a lot of hate in the last couple of weeks because of my, uh, you know, because of the fact that my grandmother is in Israel or was in Israel. So that was a, that was a challenging time for a lot of people. So make sure to hook up Donna. Thanks guys. I'm talking myself in third person. Hook me up, hook daily dose of Donna up in those charts. All right, let's strangest noise that's happening outside. Seriously? Okay. Let's get into talking about Roni. Real Housewives of New York reunion part one last night. Did you guys watch it? Did you guys watch it? I'd love to know. Now, we've already seen the looks. We've already seen the looks. And we remember that in the looks, you know, um, they were, they were, uh, for the most part, I think they're all beautiful, beautiful women. And I do think, you know, none of them looked bad. I I like that Jenna Lyons was in jeans. I thought it was actually a smart move for her to, to be in jeans because if she wasn't, I don't know, it would feel a little maybe, um, what's the word? Uh, unauthentic, inauthentic because, sorry, but she was, she was very, very, uh, you know, she was Jenna. She was Jenna. Jenna Lyons. We're going to get into it, basically, my thoughts. But essentially, this is what I thought. Oh, I didn't watch the extended episode. I'm so interested to watch it to see if there was anything that I missed. Tell me if I missed anything in the extended. Here's the thing. Uba comes in hot. Who knew that Uba, and literally her hot sauce is Uba hot. So she came in Uba hot. And I also like saying Uba hot because it sounds like Uber hot right? But Uba is so hot, right? Uba hot came in hot. Hot Uba hot came in hot. She was ready to go. She was pissed off at everyone. She was annoyed with Jenna. She was pissed off at Aaron. She was annoyed with Sai. Like she had issues for everyone. And it was almost a little bit strange because she kept blurting out these feelings like at inopportune times. Did you see that? Or did you feel that at all? Like there was moments where she would just like scream out her feelings and it felt like, okay, we're not there yet. Can we get there in just a few minutes? Like, let's hold back from feeling so immediately so angry at the world. Here's what I noticed. Aaron, who I like her. You guys don't. A lot of you guys don't. I do like Aaron. Aaron is, um, she didn't get, she got the short end of the stick in the sense of public opinion. I don't believe a lot of people liked her. I don't know if it's because of her general kind of, um, 
almost like one note personality. She doesn't get really heated. She doesn't scream. She doesn't laugh a lot. She's a little bit more just like serious. I don't know if I if you understand exactly what I'm saying. Whereas Bryn is over the top. She's funny. She's laughing. She's enjoying herself. I just realized I didn't turn on my light. I was wondering what's going on here. Hold on. I'm gonna turn on my light. And then there we go. Now it feels a lit up show. And then, um, you know, Sai is like the really, really bitter, angry one. Bryn is the over-top, over-the-top flirting with a pole type of girl. Jessel is my obsession. I've loved Jessel so much from the beginning of the show. I truly love Jessel. Love. And, um, and I still like Uba, even though I do feel like she acted a little off during not only the reunion, but a couple of those episodes, like that phone episode. Now, the more I think about that phone episode in Anguilla, we haven't really talked about this. Her obsession was making sure that she had the phone because she needed to check in with her mom. Okay. Cause she's a single woman. Understand this. And I get it. However, however, did any of you guys think for a second that it's possible her issue was actually she was hiding something on that phone about the boyfriend that she now has, that we know she has, that she didn't want anyone to know about. And she was very, very nervous that someone was going to find out. My concern is that Uba is, oh no, now she, now we know that she, everyone met him, but why doesn't he want to be a known person? Why is she not able to post about him on stories? What's the deal there? What is his issue? Like, what's going on? Ooh, where does Daily Mail is working on uncovering Uba's boyfriend? Like, why don't we know him? You know, and and I I don't like it how Jenna's like, I mean, how Uba went after Jenna, like right off the bat saying Jenna's not um, exactly herself. You know, in real life, she's a powerful boss. And on the show, she's like a really nervous, kind of scared, uncomfortable, like timid girl. But Uba, you're also not showing us your full life. There's a lot of hypocrisy over there. Okay. A couple other things that were of note. The amount of trauma dumping on Real Housewives of New York season 14 is unreal. And I will say this really truly, escapism. Escapism is important. And I personally, you know, I realized this last in the last couple of weeks. You guys know when I do my show, I talk really openly about my life and my personal life and stuff that's going on in my in, in my world. And a big part of it was what was going on in the world in the last couple of weeks. It's still going on, but I choose now to not use this platform as a time to talk about those kinds of things because escapism is important. And of course, things will break through here and there. Real Housewives of New York should be a fun watch, right? When you think back to like the Luann, Sonia, Ramona, Dorinda times, like overall, yes, there was drama. There was fighting this and that, but it was just so effing entertaining and fun. And this is what I think Roni is missing. And we saw it more than anything in the reunion. The reunion was like a traumatic retelling of childhood trauma and mother drama, and the amount of tears for not, and like part of me wants to say, I love it that they're talking about personal issues and childhood stuff and whatever, but I personally do not understand why this season of this show, this cast, and I thought it was an editing issue, 
but it looks to me like they chose to keep this in the reunion. This show is truly like so heavily focused on mama drama and like childhood trauma. And I think these are all important stories, but I don't even know you yet. I don't even know Sai yet. And I already need to hear about like her mom challenges. I think it's almost more interesting when you get to know someone for who they are and then you find out what's really going on. I hated this ongoing um, kind of storyline of like, tell us about your childhood. Like, be honest. Tell us about your life. I don't see why this was such a huge part of the show. And like I said, I do believe there was some sort of a um, like an editing, like they focused on it, just like they focused on Sai being hungry, but I actually don't think so. I actually think this is like what these women talk about. Um, Jessel to me, Jessel to me is a gift. Like they could literally recast a lot of these housewives, but they, I would want them to keep Jessel. Who would they keep? I think if they kept Jessel and Aaron and built around it, you could have an amazing show. Sai is so strongly unlikable and continues to be unlikable in this reunion. I I have yet to see this likable factor. And I don't care if she's hungry. I don't care if she had a challenging childhood. Like, who didn't? <laughs> I don't get it, you guys. It, it's really, truly so challenging for me. And like I've said before, a lot of you guys follow her as an influencer and like, but no, this is not who she is. Yes, it is. This is who she is. She's tough as nails. She's, she doesn't have like Bethany Frankel was tough as all right. Bethany was a tough cookie when she was on the show. She was like very sarcastic and she had very, she was very quick witted and she wasn't a kind, kind person on Roni ever, but she was funny. And Sai doesn't have anything funny about her. So that's the problem with these people. You can't be a bitch, but not have the funny side of you. So when you just have a mean side, you're just a mean girl. And I think Sai is just a mean girl. And here's some examples. Jessel, um, it was wrong of me to talk about your relationship. I should never have done that. But I do think that you and Pavit have no connection. F you, you're talking about it again. And by the way, I think Pavit and Jessel are the cutest couple on, on Real Housewives in a long time. Like, who would you rather hang out with? Seriously, who would you rather hang out with? Jessel and Pavit or like Whitney Rose and Justin, her husband, or um, Lisa Barlow and her husband, or Meredith and her husband, or let's go to another cast, um, Dorit and PK, who are getting a divorce, by the way, um, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Jessel and Pavit seem like the most fun. Like, I want to go hang out with Pavit. I watched that reel that he did of him going to Vietnam. It looked like a joy. It looked like the best time ever. I get it. I've flown first class before. There's nothing like it. I would do it in a heartbeat to get a, a, a vacation away from my family. This is not a bad thing. It's wonderful. Anyway, I just don't personally understand why in the world, you know, everyone felt this need to go hardcore on Jessel, even throughout the season. I think they're going to turn real fast. We've seen this already with Bryn. I always told you guys Jessel was the star of the show and we're just in it with her. No, you didn't, Bryn. You said she was forgettable multiple times. And this is when you realize when people start to play for the audience versus play for who they are. 
apparently a lot of girls on these housewives start to play for the audience, meaning they act in a certain way because they know the audience has their back. Sutton has been accused of this from um, Beverly Hills. Garcelle has been accused of this. I don't personally see that, but they have been accused of this. And then there's housewives like Lisa Rinna who would just do exactly what she wanted to do, no matter who is pissed off about it. But at the end of the day, you do kind of have to play for the audience because if the audience loves you, you're never getting fired. If the audience hates you, you are on the chopping block, I think. So I think size on the chopping block personally. Or they may give one more season to all of them. They may give one more season. Um, I'm trying to think of anything really kind of uh, big came out again after that. Of course, we, where we ended the the episode happened a little bit around them talking about Jessel's marriage and saying, no, we didn't infer that you guys are having problems because of sex. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. And how uncomfortable would it be with, like, if you were rewatching a show and you saw two of two girls that I, you thought were your friends sitting with their husbands all laughing about your relationship? It, it's giving Mauricio and Kyle and PK and Dorit. Do you guys remember those episodes when the four of them would be like, <laughs> talking so badly about other people? And now look at them. Now look at them. Karma is your boyfriend. Okay. Um, yeah, I'd be, I'd have to say, I'd be interested to know if Andy Cohen and Bravo decides to recast they're definitely going to change something up. There's no way that it stays like this. So either they bring someone else on to shake it up a little bit more like they did in season two of their original Roni with Kelly Ben Simone. Because um, they didn't get rid of anyone on season two with Kelly Ben Simone. They just added. So either they just add someone or they get rid of Cy and bring someone else in. I, I really don't believe Cy. You know, Heidi has a really good point here that says Cy will ruin her brand if she continues. She's great on print, but not TV. 100% agree. She's gorgeous. Her family's gorgeous. And the fact that everyone that was watching Cy before this thought like, wow, Cy is really, you know, what a rock star. She's so amazing. She's so beautiful. She's such a wonderful mother. She's great. And then now you watch the show and you're like, hmm, interesting. Was she? all that in a bag of chips. So I'd have to, I'd have to know if, if she thinks that this is good for her. I think most housewives type people or most influencers are going to absolutely choose to stay on a show like this than not, even if it ruins your brand, because ruining your brand does not mean less followers. It just actually means more press. It won't ruin her brand. It may ruin people's opinion of who she is, you know? Um, yeah, we'll have to see. And then, you know, I'd be interested if they wanted to bring her back, if they wanted to cover like how she and David, her husband met and like how perfect was their relationship because there was a lot of lies that were recently exposed. Remember where like supposedly she um, stole him from his ex-wife, et cetera, et cetera. So it'd be interesting. Okay. Um, yeah, I'd be interested to get all of them one more season to see where it goes. But like, please, 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 do we ever have to talk about their family trauma again, like their childhood trauma? I can't. I can't. I have enough of my own. I have enough of my own. Okay. Let's move on to, and I think it's a two-part reunion. I don't think it's three parts. So we'll have to watch next week, but nothing crazy to write home about. There was no big shocker. It was a little boring. Lots, lots of tears. Like when you're, when you find yourself scrolling on your phone during the entire reunion, you know, it's not that great. You know what I mean? You know, what is great. 
Sister Wives, the gift that keeps on giving. Sister Wives season 472. We are currently still in 1992. <laughs> Going through the seasons. You guys, this episode, as always, was a gift. I would say the general consensus of this episode or the general like summary of this episode of Sister Wives was Easter. Are we going to have Easter? Should we have Easter? Do we have Easter? So apparently Easter used to be a holiday that Janelle and Christine loved celebrate, or I'm sorry, Christine loved celebrating. Christine celebrated Easter all the time and was really, really sad when she married Cody. And he said, no, no, it's a pagan holiday. We will not be celebrating Easter. So that goes away. And so Mary never heard of Easter, never was an Easter. Mary is like the forgotten, uh, you know, person, the fact that Mary's still on the show is shocking. Lots to talk about with Mary in a second. But Mary was never someone that really, uh, you know, cared about Easter. So she didn't care. Janelle agreed with the paganism of it. So she was okay with it. But Christine wanted Easter. Now, no Easter was ever given until Cody's self-proclaimed love of his life. We found this out in this episode. Love of his life. Robin, Sabin Robin came in and said, whoa, whoa, whoa. Cody, I love you and I want to be with you, but Easter is very important for, for my kids and I. And so I guess we're just going to have to celebrate with my mom. It's a real big deal. It's a real big deal for my, my family. And Cody said, well, you're the love of my life. So we're going to celebrate Easter. Easter is back on. Easter is on in the Brown family. We will never, ever do anything that Robin is unhappy about. But Robin wants it. We will have Easter. You want anything Robin wants, I do. Don't you understand that, Mary? Don't you understand that? I am the man of this family and I say Easter is back on. So Easter is now back on for the Cody, for the Cody's, <laughs> for the Browns. So they've had Easter now for a few years. And then what happened in this episode was they celebrated Easter separately. So Cody was going to celebrate with Robin, but but Janelle and Christine, who are still sister wives, because Janelle's technically still in the marriage, they're still best friends. They get together. They end up having a lasagna. Their, their meals always look so sad to me. I say this with love, but their meals look so, so sad to me. Like it's always just like, it's always just like a big Caesar salad or like they always put some in the French dressing. They use French. They're the Browns are the reason French dressing is still um, being sold because if without the Browns, I think I, I want to know from what you guys, one of you, please tell me, do you buy French dressing? Is that in your cabinet in your drawer right now? The only people that I ever have heard that buy French dressing are the Browns and my grandparents before they passed away. Like in, you know, the seventies. So I do believe that, um, you know, I love their relationship with their kids and stuff, but Janelle and Christine's meals just always look sad. They just look sad. And did you notice that there was a, a Martinelli sparkling cider on the table and some alcohol? I, there's alcohol on every single one of their meals. Now, if, if Christine's there, there's a bottle of wine somewhere, but there's Martinelli sparkling cider. I thought that was so funny. That's like when we have, you know, family dinners here for our kids. So, okay. So they had a lasagna. They sat together. Their, their, their kitchen table is backed up next to the fridge. Their, their fridge was here and their table was here. So essentially, I don't know if that's by choice because of space in the apartment. Well, they said it was a four-story house. So I don't know if it was by choice that the table touched the fridge or if it was for easy access. Like, oh, I need more French dressing. Garrison, can you hand me more French dressing? And he's like, sure. 
here you go. It's possible that it was out of convenience, you know, the less you have to stand up. I'm just saying. Um, so then they went to, uh, <laughs> they went to, you know, have a conversation, Christine and Janelle. And Christine is literally, she has one job and one job only to get Janelle out of this marriage, to get Janelle to admit you are in a bad marriage. Now, it's almost getting a little pushy because Janelle even said, I, I don't understand. Christine's coming on real strong with this need to like get me out, but I'm good. I'm independent. I'm doing my own thing. I don't see any chance of reconciliation. When I was with him, I didn't feel like the need to be with my husband. And then we got a little bit of a shocker that even when they were together, Cody would come over around 7 p.m., drink his warm water out of the fridge, pound it, shake his head a couple times, probably do a couple bench presses, would fall asleep and then leave early in the morning to get back to his love of his life, Sobin Robin's house, to help her with, with introverted Solomon and extroverted Ariella. Can you imagine, you guys, can you imagine if your husband in the morning, you have kids too, in the morning says, gotta go, I have to go help the younger ones to get them to school. And let's be honest, do you think Cody was actually helping when he got home? Or do you think he was just being like a typical, you know, like Whitney Rose's husband where he was driving to Sob and Robin's house and then just sitting on the couch scrolling Instagram while she was making breakfast for the kids crying? Just curious. I don't believe, obviously, Cody ever, ever, you know, wanted to be with anyone the amount of Rob, the amount that he wanted to be with Robin. He even admits it in this episode. He says, I don't know what to do. Robin is kind of forcing me into these relationships. She's she's pushing this relationship with Mary. She's pushing this rela relationship with Janelle. And she's pushing this relationship with my kids. And you know what? This I almost fell over. I was walking my dogs when I was listening to this part. And you know what? The fire is out. You guys, I want to know, how would the Real Housewives of New York women deal with this trauma? That your dad says, my love of my life wife keeps trying to push my relationship with you guys, but you know, the fire is out. He said this, not about Mary, not about Mary and Janelle. He said it about Mary, Janelle, and his kids. The fire has been put out. He is no longer trying to keep that fire alive. He's over them. He's over the kids. He's over his uh, ex-wives or his current two other wives. Mary to him is nothing more important than the plant that's behind me. It's it's fake and it's um, disposable. Like Mary is nothing to Cody. You know who Mary is something to? Jen and Jen's husband. Jen's husband and Jen are really, you know what I think they're doing? I think they're courting Mary and she doesn't know. Now, she was very clear that Jen is her best friend. <laughs> Every time she talks about Jen, it's like when Kyle Richards talks about Morgan Wade, right? <laughs> I'm very depressed in my relationship, but when I was with Jen, <laughs> oh, Jen, oh, Jen. But when I'm here with Cody and Robin, so she seriously is obsessed with Jen. Jen's husband is obsessed with Mary. Mary doesn't think so, but I'm, I'm sorry. None of my best friend's husbands have ever washed my car. Have they washed yours? If they do, I'm assuming they want to get into your pants. Just putting it out there. Okay. Mary and Jen are having the best time of their lives, literally unpacking a storage or like clearing out a room for storage. 
Truthfully, I don't think Mary's had this much fun since since she got her wet bar in Las Vegas. The first night she got her wet bar in Las Vegas was the last time, or maybe when they did their, their group dances. Remember they used to do choreograph, like choreographed group dances, the three sister wives, the four sister wives, like when Christine would sing to the kids. Oh my gosh. Such good times back in Vegas. Vegas was the heyday of the Browns. Vegas really was when we were just like living it up, like living La Vida fun. Anyway, so, um, so Mary is getting courted by Jen and her husband and she's pretending she doesn't know, but she knows. And then later she talks about how much she likes to flirt. And they did, they did a moment there where she was like, I love to flirt. And she started flirting with the camera. I bet you that producer and her flirt all day long. Sure of it. Mary's only happy when she's not in Flagstaff with Cody and Robin. She's so happy away from them. Janelle is so happy away from them. Christine is jumping for joy away from them. This is an ongoing situation. You know who's the saddest of them all? The only one in a stuck in a marriage with Cody. Stop and Robin. Stop and Robin is the only one that can't stop crying. And she's the only one that's stuck with Cody every night. Notice the theme. Wonder if there's a, co- is that a coincidence? Or is Cody Rohde bringing out the sad? Of course, it's this way. Cody wrote, Cody, what did I call him? Cody Rohde. <laughs> Cody is so depressing. He's so awful. He literally makes everyone cry. And that's why the entire Cody Brown and Robin household are just a bunch of crybabies. They all cry from morning till night. Even the animals are crying. The whole, the producers cry when they go in there, which is why they never shoot in there because they realize we can, we only can shoot outside because the second we step into Cody and Robin's house, we're hysterically crying. There's something, maybe it's a lot of onions. Maybe they cook a lot of onions for their crepes. There's something happening over there. Now, I thought we were going to get an episode without Robin crying. I thought for this is the first episode we're, we're going to get her without crying. But then she talks about Mary and all she wants I just want Mary to be happy. <laughs> this girl can cry. If I asked her right now, can you get me a glass of water? She would cry about someone out in the world that doesn't have the water. And we're so lucky to have the water. And she just feels so sad for the people out there that don't have the water. And she would cry. I've never seen anything like it. I need to make sure, speaking of water, that Robin is hydrated. Is she did liquid liquid IV, if you're out there listening to this episode, you should support or sponsor sister wives and Robin specifically liquid IV prime hydration, Gatorade, anything with electrolytes. She needs more hydration in her body. The amount of crying, the amount of fluids that are leaving her eyes on a normal day are probably in the, in the, in the gallons. Something going on right now. You guys, there's a lot of tears going on there. Maybe it's some nauseous gases. That's his love of his life. It's the only one the fire is still out. You know what? She's going to put the fire out with those tears. Cody, be careful. The the flame is about to go out too. Robin's house is the most unflammable house there is. Robin's house cannot, cannot go up in flames, no matter what. There's too many tears. The second you light a match in that house, it's out. They have to do all their cooking outside. And Robin can't be anywhere within the five-mile radius. They go over to Mary's house, Robin and her kids. And Robin says something so telling. Just skips right over it. Did you guys hear that? It's really important for Mary to have a relationship with my kids. 
she says. I'm sorry, what? It's not important for you or your, for your kids. It's just important for Mary. You know what this this reminds me of? This reminds me of when you have like a really, really mean, um, horrible grandma out there, but you force your kids to have to go. And they're like, no, mommy, I really don't want to go. I really don't want to go. And you're like, you got to go. And they have to go to like a really, you know, dark, smelly, old woman's house of, with no windows. Like the way that she's like, it's really important for Mary. So I guess we have to go. Now, Ariella, adorable. Hi, Mary. Oh my gosh. And Robin goes, she's so fun. She's just like Cody. Cody's fun. I'm looking around because I'm, I'm trying to wonder if any of you guys were confused by that too. Not really sure that Cody's the fun one in this crew. I, I, I would say truly is more fun than Cody. I'd say any of them are more fun than Cody. McKelty is for sure more fun than Cody. I just want a McKelty Tony spinoff. The amount of product that they use in that house, hair product, it must be huge. But I just love those two in a way of like, I can't stand those two, but I love them. You know what I mean? Anyway, uh, they hang out with Mary. Solomon is more the introvert. He's the one that's more like Robin. He left out the fact that he cries from morning till night, just like me. And then they embarrass Aurora, the 20-year-old girl, saying, she's talking to a boy. Oh, she's seeing a boy? What do you mean? Like, is she hooking up? They see each other every once in a while. They're just talking. How uncomfortable is this family? 20 years old, grow up. Grow up and flee the cuckoo nest. Like, get out of there, Aurora. Save Aurora. Hashtag save Aurora. Get her out. Because I feel like she's still in a stage right now where she's under, it's very Duggar-like. She's like under the spell. Cody and Robin. We got to get her out. We got to, we got to snap our fingers. You know, we got to, we got to get Aaron from growing up in Scientology to do a whole series on saving sister wives. How to get them out. Get them out of this, this cult-like polygamous lifestyle. Aurora deserves more. Aurora is, is, remember my, my, um, like I have some sort of weird inclination that Aurora is hooking up with. Is it Garrison or Gabriel? One of them. Gabriel, I think. Maybe that's the one. Is he 20? Should do some research there. I would like Daily Mail to do two things of research. I want them to find out who Uba's boyfriend is and I want them to find out who Aurora's boyfriend is. Those two need to be found out and it may be the same guy. It may be the same one. I, I do believe that that it's possible that they have similar, similar taste, maybe. I don't know. It'll be interesting. So, um. So that was pretty much this week's episode of Sister Wives. I, I can't remember if I'm forgetting anything. I don't know. My my peak of interest happened when Cody said that the flame has been put out of him trying to connect with his kids. So, you know, we'll have to see. Next week on Sister Wives, we finally get to see Cody be a dick. Oh, no, no, no. That, that was this week and last week and the week before. But Sabin Robin next week on um, Sister Wives, She Cries. So it's going to be like never be seen before. It's never seen before footage. Never before seen footage. Sabin Robin cries. Cody's a dick. Janelle and Christine eat lasagna. And French dressing is pulled out. You'll never have seen this. Oh, and Mary finally admits that she needs to get the F out of Flagstaff and get into this 
Airbnb or BNB forever. Oh, one last thing. There was a moment really fast. There was a moment where, you know, Mary, I mean, Sob and Robin the entire time. I want Mary to be happy, but I really want her and Cody to be together. I don't want her to move to Utah. I want her to stay here. I want us to work on this relationship. Well, so then you would think with all that crying that Mary would be a hundred percent or that Robin would be a hundred percent excited when Mary gave her this news in their backyard play date with the kids who Mary wants to have a relationship, but they don't want to have a relationship with. Mary goes, I have something to tell you. I have some news. Robin goes, "Uh uh-oh, is it good news or bad news? And Mary goes, it's, well, I don't know. It's about a contract. She goes, what about? It's about this house. I signed the contract and Mary and Robin goes, you signed another house's contract or you sound signed this one. And Mary goes, I'm staying. And Robin's face went from good, good. I'm happy you're staying. I'm good. I'm happy you're staying. Girl, you better take some acting lessons from Britney Spears because you need to learn how to show like actual excitement for something that you've been begging for. You've been begging for Mary to stay this entire time. She finally says she just signed her contract and she's staying and you can't even fake happiness. It is unbelievable, you guys. It is unbelievable. Sabin Robin never fails us, never fails us. And the second Sister Wives is over in probably 2047. Like I told you, there's no more content for Daily Dose of Donna. It's a Daily Dose of Sister Wives. Anyway, I love you guys so much. Thank you for sharing this wonderful hour with me. It was a great escape from the, the, the normal world. You guys are all amazing. Thank you so much. And I will see you tomorrow. Tell your friend, tell your sisters, tell your reality loving, pop culture loving friends about Daily Dose of Donna. I will see you guys manana. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.